Here's your Wealth Professional Morning Briefing for Wednesday, May 3rd. CI Financial Corp's debt was cut to junk by S&P Global Ratings after the Canadian asset manager asked S&P to stop rating its debt. Bloomberg reports the shares fell the most in nearly seven weeks. S&P lowered its issuer credit and senior unsecured debt ratings to BB Plus from Triple B Minus following a request from CI to withdraw our ratings. According to a statement late Monday, it then dropped coverage to fulfil CI's wishes. The downgrade shows rising concern about CI's more than 4 billion Canadian dollars in debt, much of it incurred to pay for acquisitions of US registered investment advisory firms. The Toronto-based company, one of the largest non-bank sellers of mutual funds in Canada, has acquired dozens of wealth management offices in recent years, hoping to find a new avenue for growth. Shares of CI fell 5% to $12.72 as of 12.18pm in Toronto Tuesday, the stock's largest intraday drop since March 15th and the biggest decline of the 29 companies in the S&P TSX Financials Index. The shares tumbled about 20% in the past year through Monday. CI still has investment-grade ratings from Moody's Investors Service and DBRS Morningstar. The firm had $391 billion of client assets under management as of March. A spokesperson for CI didn't respond to questions from Bloomberg on Tuesday. S&P didn't reply to a request for comment. Activity for Canadian ETFs slowed in April from the frenzied pace of March. A new report from National Bank of Canada reveals flows of $2 billion as investors grappled with concerns about the banking crisis and the direction of the Fed's monetary policy. The stats also show a shift away from equity ETFs, which had seen $3.7 billion of inflows in March, eclipsing fixed incomes $3.3 billion to drive the monthly total to a huge $7 billion. Fixed income was firmly in favour last month, with almost all of the inflows heading to the asset class. Money market funds accounted for almost a billion dollars and Canada government bond added 419 million. Commodities ETFs also lost out with outflows of 23 million while multi-asset gained 286 million. Crypto asset added 3 million. Equity ETF inflows were focused on international stocks with $922 million of inflows, taking the year-to-date total for these funds to $1.4 billion. But these inflows were offset by outflows for those ETFs focused on Canadian equities and US equities to leave the asset class negative to the tune of $203 million. The number of venture capital deals in the first three months was down significantly from a year earlier, reflecting investors' growing caution. Global Data's newly published report reveals a 42% slump in VC deals globally to just over 4,000 in Q1 2023, compared to over 7,000 announced in the first quarter of 2022. The stats focus on VC funding deals with disclosed funding value. The number of low-value deals, that's those with investment equal to or less than 10 million US dollars, was down 37% globally to 2,954 in Q1 2023 compared to 4,685 a year earlier. Low-value deals accounted for 71% of total VC deals globally in the first quarter of this year. But it was the larger deals, those valued at more than $100 million, that suffered the biggest decline, dropping 75% to just 80 compared to 321 in Q1 2022. The exception to the decline of larger deals was a rebound for those valued at more than a $1 billion. There were two in Q1 2023 compared to none a year earlier. These stories in full at wealthprofessional.ca and in our newsletters plus. Why Conquest Partnership is a one-two punch for RBC's digital advice strategy. JP Morgan's First Republic acquisition. What it means for clients and advisors. And your wealth firm has been acquired. Now what? For Wealth Professional Canada, I'm Steve Randall.